All right, so welcome back once more to The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, also known as The Informed Catholic. This is my podcast, and we're going to do part three, um, study of the gospel according to St. Mark. So we're going to continue where we left off. Let's open up first with the uh, prayer before scripture in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, O Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you instructed the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same spirit to have right judgment in all things, and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Uh, Saint Ambrose, pray for us. Saint Jerome, pray for us. Saint Augustine, pray for us. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. And we also ask Our Lady, Our Blessed Lady, Queen of the Rosary, to pray for us. And Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church and the Holy Family, to pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay. So, um, as you may know, we've been going through the gospel according to St. Mark. And we went through the first part. I'm going to do right now is sort of like a review of what we did. We did chapter 1, verse 1. And we focused a lot on the first chapter and the first verse. Which was, we learned that the apostles... It was a tradition among the apostles and the way Mark's gospel was written uh, opens up with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And we also kind of like, in a sense, learned because Mark begins with in the, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, uh, St. John's gospel begins with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Matthew placed first on the roster and it's believed his was first to the Palestinian Jewish community. In some translations, it begins with the beginning of the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of David, son of Abraham. Now, Luke doesn't begin that way. Luke begins with a very Greek method, uh, more of a historical narrative approach. He then, when he gets to the genealogy and he reaches, he goes from Jesus all the way back to Adam, he refers to Adam as the son of God. So what you see is there is a, let me stop here till the airplane passes. There is a traditional obviously theological focus on the divinity of Christ, the divinity of Christ, his origin, uh, that he is beyond origin, that he is divine. Obviously being divine, he has no beginning, but all beginnings come from him. He is John focuses him as the logos. Peter, focuses him as the beginning of beginnings. 
um, if I can say that, that all beginnings come from him. Um, Matthew focuses on Israel's beginning and pointing to Jesus's divinity as the source of Israel's beginnings, because Israel began, began with Abraham's covenant with Abraham. Luke obviously points to Jesus being the Adam and the source of the beginning of the first Adam of men, of the human race. So there's that. And then, of course, going to the gospel, we learned that it wasn't something that is unusual because obviously Isaiah has focused on that one will come with good tidings. But human beings also had, I mean, like the Greeks and the Romans, they use gospel as good news. We won the battle. Good news. Augustus is, is now ruler of the Roman Empire. He is now emperor and Caesar. Uh, good news. Tiberius is Caesar. Good news. A new, a, uh, a future king is born. Good news. The kingdom of God is at hand, but it's, but with Jesus, it's divine. So that Jesus has took something that was very common among empires and governments and kingdoms. And he placed it on my kingdom is the real good news because it's the kingdom of heaven It's the kingdom of God. And I am the ruler. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. I am the, the one who will establish this kingdom and obviously there, but the name also Jesus, Jesus is savior, right? God saves. And then you have Christ. Now, Christ is a very tricky thing. All right. Because anointed one, that's what they say. Technically, it comes from the word Messiah. Anointed one, one who's chosen by God, set apart from God for God's favor and God's purpose of work. That's what Christ is. Christ is. But it's more than that. This person is designated by God. Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, in a sense, were Messiah figures. They were anointed. Uh, Abraham himself fulfilled God's will, and so he was chosen. Now, but this is the Christ of God. This is the Son of God. And the word, the name Son of God also can be a flip side Son of Man, one who is divine. So we have that. And then we have... The three verses which we're going to go over. Let me stop again because there's another plane. I want you to write these verses down. Exodus chapter 23 verse 20. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. And Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. All these are play a part in these two verses that are coming up. Okay? As it is written in Isaiah the prophet... Behold, I send my messenger before you, before your face, who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. 
Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3, Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. All right, Exodus chapter 23 verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and bring you to the place which I have prepared. One more time. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. All right, so let's go on to the next one. All right, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. If I said 43, I'm sorry. It's 40, verse 3. Wow, made my mistake. 40, verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god a voice cries in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god a voice cries in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 Okay, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Well, I'll read, chapter, I'll read verse 2 anyway. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? And I'll continue because this part here is pretty good. For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purify of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver like they pr like till they present right offerings to the Lord. Okay, one more time. For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller soap. He will sit as a refiner and, purif uh, and purify of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver till they present right offerings to the Lord. Then the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years so this is uh this gives you an idea of what when you put that verse in context that jesus was going to create a new sacrificial offering and he was going to fulfill the covenant of the old and present a new covenant a fulfillment covenant and a covenant with with a sacrificial offering which is obviously his body and blood in place of the old covenant, which was of offerings of, of animals, blood sacrifices of animals. Okay, so that right there is all those three verses. I uh, Again, once more, if I said uh, Isaiah 43, it's not. It's Isaiah 40, verse 3, okay, and Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. These are all very similar, if you notice, in their, um, the, way they're, the way they're presented about the messenger. Uh, angel 
in Greek is also messenger, and I think in Hebrew it has the same meaning, a uh, heavenly person. But there's our icons of John the Baptist in the Orthodox tradition where sometimes he's shown with wings because it's it's pointing to the Exodus verse and to uh, the the messenger of the of the new covenant, the one who will come in ahead of the the one uh, the head of the Christ, which is his forerunner. John the Baptist was the forerunner. So you see right there, this is uh, a combination of verses, and it's placed and sometimes it's placed under one. Like say Isaiah was the one who. I think the reason why it was placed on Isaiah, because Isaiah was the one who talked about the suffering servant, the 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 Messiah. And that is a very important thing because the apostles knew that Jesus suffered. He went to the cross and that was important to them. And this tradition of combining verses into uh, one particular one, because one, Isaiah is the one who talks about the uh, the man of sorrows. And Isaiah also talks about the one who will come ahead of him, ahead of the, the forerunner. That's what they were pointing to, and that's what the Holy Spirit guided them to combine those verses under one, one um, prophet. Isaiah was the one. Okay, so um, let's move on to our next thing. We're going to look at some commentary here. All right, Jesus. The victory, without doubt, referred to by the word gospel, belongs to a person whose name is Jesus. The name Jesus, obviously, is a Hebrew name, Yahshua, which means God saves. Now, Christ is actually not a name, but a title. Christ is a Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah, signifies anointed. By the time St. Mark writes his gospel, okay, over here they have, he wrote his gospel around AD 70. I think it's earlier than that. This is a, one of the modernist approach of dating things. The church has existed for some 40 years already. And what was originally a title has become something like a second name. Jesus Christ, when it should be Jesus the Christ. The name anointed actually is a verb used as a noun. The acting subject of the verb is not Jesus, but God the Father. Jesus is the one who is anointed by God, and and so not only by his proper name, Jesus, but also in which he has become the second which which has become the second part of his name, the Christ. He already refers to God. The gospel is the result of divine initiative. As as, as is testified by the books of the Old Testament, all along God had a plan for saving his people. This plan involves someone who should go on a designated way. On this way, a messenger will be sent ahead and the, re and the reader is invited to follow. After the title verse, St. Mark quotes scripture. His narrations begins with what was written by the prophet Isaiah. Actually, Mark quotation is a mixture of texts taken from Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The texts from Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, and Malachi 
3 verse 1 are molded together in Mark chapter 1 verse 2 and speaks of a plan uh, of a plan of God. God addresses someone confidentially about a special task and will send a messenger ahead of this person. The purpose of the route to be taken becomes clear in the quotation from Isaiah 40 verse 3 from a section of the, of the book of Isaiah often called Deutero-Isaiah, which is concerned with the end of the Babylonian exile, a voice announces that God prepares a way for his people. Through the rough terrain of the wilderness between Babylon and Israel, so that they can return home unhindered, valleys will be filled and mountains will be leveled. In this, in the way St. Mark combines the quotations, it becomes clear that the person addressed by God has to embark upon this route in order to set God's people free. The texts actually quoted by St. Mark are not all taken from Isaiah, nor are they from the prophetic books only. The point here is not textual accuracy, but the fact that this is scripture and therefore the living word of God. The initiative for the gospel, the real beginning of the narration, lies with God. Who has a plan for the liberation of his people and who has addressed someone to carry out his plan? St. Mark clearly expects his readers to have a knowledge of the Old Testament. Careful comparisons with the Old Testament text reveals that St. Mark even enhances the citation a little, a little bit addressing two passive pronouns, your way, his paths, so that the emphasis falls on the special person to whom God entrusts the important mission of freeing his people. A messenger will be sent ahead, but the reader still doesn't know who will come after the mess at that messenger. One word that jumps out in all these quotations is way or path and this is no coincidence the gospel is all about a way someone will bark up will, will embark upon the way designated by god if the reader wants to understand the good news he or she should be willing to travel down that road in fact the oldest known app um name for christians is for those belonging to the way acts chapter 9 verse 2 so this shows you that there was a um the God, the the scripture is not just something written but it's something that is embraced and believed by the people and therefore what you saw there the sort of like combination of these of these three three different passages from three different books and they all had a similarity and the theme was a messenger sent ahead preparing the way and that's where it shows you how the bible is a living book that must be embraced by a people who believe who have faith um not just written you can't say it's written it has to be believed it has to be something that is memorized and has to be something that is practiced and this is important because it shows also the jewish roots of of the new testament the deep Jewish roots, because it's all in the Old Testament. And it shows you what 
that God has a generation, a plan that goes, expands generations, which is what his covenant is. And that's important. All right, let's move on. So this is another sort of little commentary here. So let me just read it to you. Believing Jews knew that one day the Messiah would come among them. The teachings of the prophets made it clear. Isaiah had spoken of a voice crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Every valley should be lifted up and every mountain hill be made low. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 and 4. Malachi predicted a messenger preparing the way of the Lord whom you seek. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. John the Baptist, the voice and messenger like Wise, likewise, prepared the way by preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, which is Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Though a renewal of faith and life, we can prepare our hearts to welcome Jesus more deeply. This renewal is not something that can be satisfactorily com completed by changing a few more details of daily living. After all, lowering mountains, filling in valleys, Making rough ways smooth is not an easy task. God has in mind something even more radical, the coming of a new heaven and a new earth, a new kingdom where peace, forgiveness, reconciliation with God, and righteousness will reign, beginning, beginning even now. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 13. We face a moment of decision. If we are to be participants with Jesus, in ushering in this new heaven and new earth, we must heed John the Baptist's call to repentance and choose the new life Jesus came to bring. We need to look to Jesus of daily living. After all, lowering mountains, filling in valleys, making rough ways smooth is not an easy task. God has in mind something even more radical, the coming of a new, new heaven and new earth, a new kingdom where peace, forgiveness, reconciliation with God and righteousness will reign, will reign beginning, beginning even now. Second Peter chapter three, verse 13. We face a moment of decision if we are to be participants with Jesus in ushering in this new heaven and new earth. We must heed John the Baptist's call to repentance and choose new life. Jesus came to bring that Jesus came to bring. We need to look to Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John chapter one, verse 29, and prepare to offer him the fruit of our repentance. Perhaps you recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you of sin in your life. We may need to remove mountains of unbelief, pride, self-will, or fill in valleys of despondency and feeling of inferiority. Perhaps we need to make unfruitful and dishonest ways to, 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 be, uh, to be straight and thus begin to remove barriers separating us from God and preventing the holiness he looks for us he looks for us in our lives. Second Peter chapter three, verse 14. An act on disgrace takes the time to make an examination of conscience and then receive the sacrament of reconciliation. It's only as we renounce sin and accept forgiveness from God that we will know the transforming power of new life and experience the joy of new heaven and new earth. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us new life. Give us the grace to perceive the sinful patterns in our lives and the humility to repent from them. We, mu we want to follow you. All right. So that was pretty good. Okay. That was from 
uh, a devotional commentary. Let me mark it here so I don't lose my place. Hold on. And I'll go to the beginning. Okay, it's a... About this book. Let me see if I can get something. Okay. It's St. Mark Devotional Commentary, Meditations on the Gospel According to St. Mark, Leo Zen, Zen, uh, Zenketi, Zenkenton, uh, Leo, L-E-O, L-E-O, and Zenkenton, I know, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Z-A-N-C-H-E-T-T-I-N. It's a devotional commentary on the Gospel According to Mark, Meet Jesus Through St. Mark's Eyes. Okay, well, let me just get to the beginning because I think that's what helps, right? Uh, cover. Okay. Okay, hold on. Let me just... Okay. Okay. A devotional commentary, meditation on the gospel according to St. Mark, according according to St. Mark. General editor. Okay, I already read, read his name. The Word Among Us. This is from The Word Among Us Publishing. All right, uh, 1998, Word Among Us Press. And the scriptural quotations are from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And the other one, I want to give you a little something on this. Hold on. The other commentary. Here it is. This one is from a series... Called Come and See. Okay. Come and See. Um, hold on. Cover. Okay. Come and See uh, by Most Reverend Jan Lyson. Uh, it's Catholic. Uh, Jan J A N. Uh, last name L I E S E N S S D, Bishop uh, Brada uh, Netherlands. This is from the Netherlands. Oh wow, and uh, by Laurie Watson Men Men Menhart. <clears throat> okay, let me see here. Hold on. Interesting. Although well, this is my on my Kindle. Okay. Um. Revised Standard Version. Again, they use the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. And this is uh, for Ignatius Press with ecclesiastical approval of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Well, surprise, surprise. But I mean, once in a while they do something good. So these commentaries are great. I think they're great. I think um, I'm going to end it here and we'll pick up on the next one. Um, let's Let's go into our closing prayer all right uh you know what i'm going to pray from the heart in the name of the father son and holy spirit lord we give you thanks for your holy word we give you thanks for the uh the sacraments for your body and blood soul and divinity we give you thanks thank you for guiding us through your holy spirit to study your word and we'll say a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now the hour of our death. Amen. All right, folks, God bless, and I'll be back again soon. I know this is a short one, and we didn't go to the next verses, but I really wanted to focus to make sure to cover everything. So God bless. All right.